I wasn't given a subject, so I, uh, I chose something which actually spoke here 11 years ago in the Perry Street about 15, 16 years ago. It's my thoughts about Easter. Now, can I say, first of all, I have nothing wrong with Easter at all. I fully believe in the death and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ, his ascension to heaven, he's coming again. What I have a problem with is the time in the way we celebrate Easter every year. But let's, uh, to understand it more fully, we've got to actually understand a little bit about the Jewish calendar. This is a scripture which um, really challenges me every time I go to church. It's talking about a group of people called the Barbarians, who every time someone spoke to them about the scripture, what they did, they went home and studied the scriptures for themselves to see what was being told, was it right or not. How many of us do that? We, we have, go to Sunday service, we have the preach. Do we go home and validate and check out what the speakers told to us? I think we ought to. And Bavians were considered <coughs> great because they, uh, they believed and they did this they practice looking at the scriptures to make sure it was right. And what I want to do is say is look at the scriptures to see what happened at Easter. I'm only looking at scriptures. I'm not putting any forward personal views. Um, I've come to a conclusion because of what the scriptures say which doesn't necessarily agree with the way the Easter is celebrated year by year by the church. So let's start off. And we've got to first of all look at the day. This is our situation. I'll just show you the Friday and Saturday. And we, we start off at midnight, this is the start of Friday, and at midnight we change from Friday to Saturday. Now, since my wife died, I haven't been going to bed, or excuse my night out, before one o'clock most nights, and sometimes it's two o'clock. So I'm wide awake at midnight, but I still don't know when the, cha- the day changes over because I don't know when it is. The Jews don't practice that. It's very difficult to know when the change of the day is. They have a much more logical system. Um, but first of all, before they do that, I'll put the nights and days in. So the black bits of the night, the white bits of the day, and we'll assume over an average of the year it's 50 50. Six hour, uh, 12 hours of darkness and 12 hours of sun, sunlight. I know it changes over the year, but on average over the year it is 50-50. And the same would apply in Israel. So then they look at what happens with the Jewish days. The Jewish day starts here at sundown. And everyone know when sundown is. That is the start of a new day. And notice it. Their day starts on a Thursday and finishes here partway through our Friday for this sixth day. And their Sabbath, the seventh day, starts at evening time at the time set on Friday and then goes through to sundown on the Saturday. It's important you understand those things when we look at the scriptures. Now, when we look at the Jewish timing, we find they do it somewhat differently to us. They don't put in hours for night time. What they do, they have watches for night time. Whatever three hour watches, they have first, second, third and fourth watches of the night. Then we start dealing with the time. And the time starts off, so the third hour is hour nine o'clock. The sixth hour is hour midday, and so on. Quite happy with that? Nice and simple. But when, when you look at the scriptures, you can remember this is the setup when they're talking about these things. So that is the 
the Jewish calendar as in scripture and those are what we're going to be looking at and will affect some of the things we'll be thinking about with Easter let's look at some scriptures which tell us about various times we know about from the scripture in Mark's gospel we read it was the third hour when they crucified him what time is the third hour? nine o'clock in the morning Okay, that's the third hour and then in Luke we read it was about the sixth hour and there was a darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour when the sun's light failed and, that the, and the curtain of the temple was torn into then Jesus calling out with a loud voice said Father into your hands I commit my spirit and having said this he breathed his last so we've had nine o'clock he was crucified at midday it became darkness in the land for three hours until three o'clock in the afternoon and at that point the, the curtain in the temple was torn in two from top to bottom there was also some resurrections going on as well but at that time Jesus breathed his last three o'clock in the afternoon which is the time the lambs were slaughtered for the Passover fe- feast in re- recognition of what God did at the Passover bringing the people out of Egypt they slaughtered the lambs so these are all times when the, the, the uh, signs of the, in Jesus' last few hours given to us from scripture and now look at another one there was a man named Joseph from the Jewish town of Arathamia. He was a member of the council, a good righteous man, who had not consented to their decision and action. He was looking for the kingdom of God. This man went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. He took it down and wrapped it in linen shrouds, laid him in the tomb, cut in stone where no one had ever yet laid. It was a day of preparation. It was, and the Sabbath was beginning. But the day before Sabbath is called the day of preparation because the Jews had to prepare for two days. They weren't allowed to cook on the, on the Sabbath. There was a day of rest. So they did all their pre- pre- preparation the day before. And Jesus was laid into the tomb just as the Sabbath was beginning. Then the stone rolled across and then, then it was the Sabbath. They had to go away to their homes and wait until the some other time before they could get back to the tomb again. So that's all the things we know about the last events of Jesus in life. And this is the, the, the one more thing here by the way. In Matthew's Gospel, after the Sabbath, towards the dawn of the first day of the week, that's a, in our terms a Sunday, Mary Magdalene and the Mary went to see the tomb and behold there's a great earthquake and the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and rolled a stone and sat on it. That's the next thing we know. Now, is this something I'm going to say which uh, you may disagree or not? We'll ask you a question. Did the stone have to be rolled away for Jesus to rise from the death? Dead? No. no. Remember that at the time he met with the disciples walking to Emmaus. They walked, he talked, they walked and talked together, then they invited him for a meal, they didn't recognise Jesus, but then when he broke the bread, his, their eyes were opened, they recognised Jesus, and he vanished. And then think too, later on, in the locked room, all the disciples were gathered in the locked room, so nobody could get in, but then suddenly Jesus is there in their midst. So, the only thing I'm looking at here is, 
the tomb was found to be empty at that point. That's all we know. That's all the scripture tells us. We are not told when did Jesus actually rise or come out of the, the ground at some point. It's not necessary because when the, the, the stone was removed for that to happen. Now, this is the tradition of Easter now. Monday, Thursday, followed by Good Friday, then the Saturday, and then Easter Sunday. That's our traditional Easter celebration. In the Jewish one, there's a preparation day, followed by the weekly Sabbath, followed by the first day of the week. Put in the night and day, just to make it a bit clearer. And then, that's when Jesus is crucified, nine o'clock in the morning. Darkness covers the land for three hours. At the end of that three hours, Jesus yields up his spirit. And then just before the Sabbath starts, over here, the Sabbath, is the change from daytime to nighttime, Jesus is laid in the tomb. And last of all, the women find the tomb empty at dawn on the first day of the week, the Sunday morning. That's our traditional Christmas. Sorry, Christmas? <laughs> Easter. Our traditional Easter. But there's an important thing to remember with this, having made that little gaffe. What day is Christmas celebrated on? What day of the week? You don't know. It's just like your birthday. It's celebrated on different days of the week. And each day, each year, is a day following, unless there's a leap year, and it's two years ahead. Okay? Just want to draw a little bit about the, calendar, the Jewish calendar as well. The Jewish have 12 months, but they're lunar months, so they're either 29 or 30 days long. Now, if you work that out, their year is roughly 355 days long. Oh, the year is 365 and a quarter, near enough. So, that's a problem. If, if they only have 12 calendar months a year, and they're only 355 days make up their year, their festivals are going to change timing. So, what they do about every three years, there's a month called Adar, Adar 1, they shove in an Adar 2 to try and get it back to how it should be. Alright? But they certainly work on lunar months. That's the important thing. Now, let's look at this. Another scripture. The beginning of scripture, Jesus has healed a man of a demonic spirit. And the people are so amazed, they say, he must be the son of David which they're implying he's the Messiah. But the Jewish leader said, no, no, that's not true. He is doing this through Beelzebub, who is the prince of uh, devils, Satan, in other words. And then some of them must have had a second thought, and they said, well, look, if you are the Son of Man, if you are the Messiah, give us a sign. And this is what Jesus said. He answered, a wicked and adulterous nation asks for a miraculous sign, but none will be given it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the huge fish, so the southern man will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Scripture. 
two nights, one day. Nowhere near three days and three nights. Three days and three nights, maybe I'm being oversimplistic, but to me, that's 72 hours. You can't get away from it. Three days and three nights are 72 hours. So that doesn't work. But that's how we remember it. But it's not how it actually happened, and I think we've got to recognise that. How the church celebrates Easter is not a reflection of how it actually happened. All right so far? I'm trying to be logical as well. Now, this is a very important point here. The one thing we do know, absolutely certainly, that Jesus was laid in the tomb just before the Sabbath. Now, when is the Sabbath? Well, there is the weekly Sabbath, which is every Saturday for 72 weeks of the year. That is a Sabbath. But what people forget is there are seven other special Sabbaths throughout the year. And I want to concentrate on just one of them. These are the Lord's appointed feasts. There's a whole range of them in Leviticus. And you're to proclaim them at the appointed times. The Lord's Passover begins at twilight on the 14th day of the first month. The first month is the month of Nisan. Nothing to do with Japanese cars, by the way. <laughs> but it's the, the first month is Nisan. That's their new year, the beginning of Nisan. It, it's when the, the Lord told them. That's the new year. On the 14th day of that month, they are to celebrate Passover. We know that Jesus was crucified at the Passover, wasn't he? On the 15th day of that month, the Lord's Feast of Unleavened Bread begins. For seven days you must eat bread without yeast. On the first day you will hold a sacred assembly and do no regular work, a special Sabbath. For seven days bring an offering to the Lord by fire. On the seventh day hold a sacred assembly and do no regular work, another special Sabbath. So these two Sabbaths can be on any day, any day of the week because they follow the 14th of Nisan, which is any day of the week, just like our Christmas is. So, two passages which are useful. It was a day of preparation, and the next day was to be a special Sabbath. This is John's Gospel, a special Sabbath. Look it up yourself. Because the Jews did not want the bodies left on the crosses during the Sabbath, they asked Pilate to have the legs broken and the bodies taken down. The reason their legs were broken was to stop them breathing. They would die much more quickly. But Jesus was already dead. But they just wanted to make sure of that because they loved to shove the spear right up through his chest, through the lungs, through the heart, and blood and water came flowing out from his body. There's another scripture here, Matthew 28, verse 1. It says, After the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week. There are some translations which say, After the Sabbath. Now I understand from the, the Hebrew, it is plural, the Sabbatine. After the Sabbath. So, let's have a look at this Sabbath again. What I've done now is I've put in the 14th of Nisan, which is a preparation day, a day before a Sabbath. Then we have the special Sabbath, the, the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Then we have the weekly Sabbath, because that's a Thursday, Friday, now a Saturday. And then we have the first day of the week, the Sunday. These are things here say as they were on the day of the crucifixion. 
But down here, the women find the two empty, they can only get there on the first day of the week, Sunday. So we now have one, two, three nights, and two days. Still doesn't mean the criteria of Jesus proving that he was a Messiah. That's why that's important. He was proving to the people he was the Messiah because he was going to stay in the ground for three days and three nights. But we still haven't got enough time. Let's have a look at some more scriptures. Notice I'm only using scriptures, nothing else, not my imagination. If, and I want to say to you, if you can prove me wrong, tell me. And I'll scrub the lot out. <laughs> when the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, the mother, uh, Mary the mother of James and Salome, brought spices so they might go to anoint Jesus' body. They brought spices. They could not buy spices on the Sabbath. The women who come with Jesus from Galilee followed Joseph and saw the tomb and how his body was laid in. They went home and prepared spices and perfumes, but they rested on the Sabbath in obedience to the commandment. So one is, after Sabbath they're buying spices, the other ones are preparing spices, men are going to Sabbath. There's only one way that will work. There's a day in between the two Sabbaths. Scripture. Not my imagination, it's Scripture. So, let's see what happens now. We now have a preparation day. Uh, uh, sorry, is that the right one? Do I go backwards? Oh, I, went, I went backwards, sorry. I'm not used to these mini things. Okay, here we are. So we have Nissan, the 14th of Nissan, preparation day, or the day of the Passover. Then we have a special Sabbath, the, the start of the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Then we have another preparation day, an ordinary working day of the week, but it's a preparation day because it precedes the Sabbath, the weekly Sabbath, and then that's followed by the first day of the week, a Sunday. Now we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, three days, one, two, three days, and one, two, three, four nights between Jesus being laid in the tomb and the women finding the two empty. I'm suggesting, and this is, I have no scriptural proof of this, because the scriptures don't actually tell us when the Lord rose from the, the grave. I'm suggesting he meets the three days and three nights if he's rose from the tomb here. That is, just before the start of the Sabbath. Twelve hours before his tomb is found empty. That fulfills the requirements of Jesus, he will be in the tomb for three days and three nights to prove he was the Messiah to the unbelieving Pharisees. I had a couple more after I did this some time ago. This one. Therefore, Jesus no longer moved about publicly among the Jews. Instead, he withdrew to a region near the desert to a village called Ephraim where he stayed with his disciples. Six days before the Passover, Jesus arrived at Bethany, where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus raised from the dead. Now, this is a map. There is Ephraim. There is Bethany. 
If you look down here, there's a map, more to 20 miles, and I would suggest on that basis that the bird flies, it's about 16 miles between Ephraim and Bethany. But the question is this, I'll go back to the previous one if I can. Six days before the Passover, Jesus arrived at Bethany where Lazarus lived. If Jesus was crucified on a Friday, what day would he have travelled on from Ephraim to Bethany? Six days before Friday is? Saturday. Saturday. Would he be travelling to Ephraim to sixteen miles from Ephraim to Bethany on the Sabbath? No. That's a new scripture I just recently found in the last couple of weeks. Any questions about that? Or new scripture? There's one other one that came, I thought about today, actually, well, last, last night I was looking at my, my Bible concordance, and I was looking at the passage where it talks about uh, the, the Jesus saying, he would just, he would, just like Joe, that he'd be in the tomb for three days and three nights. And then other scriptures, they say, they say, well, on the third day. Well, it is the third day, isn't it? Look, there's day one, there's day two, there's day three. This I've been oversimplistic, I don't know, but that appeals, that fits all the requirements of Scripture. And what I'm saying to you will not change what the church practices, but I want us to be aware of in the interpretation by the church of the events of the, the, of the time of Jesus are not correct. In actual fact, Easter only came in 200 years after the death of Jesus. And the Venerable Bede states that the name Easter is based on the name of a, a very unknown pagan goddess, Oystra, um, uh, goddess of fertility. Her name is the same basis as the word Oestrogen. So why are we naming this wonderful time of the death, resurrection and of our Lord Jesus Christ, we're naming it after a remote pagan goddess. That puzzles me. Just to wind up. Whatever I've said to you, the important thing for us as Christians is this, to recognise this. From Paul's letter to 1 Corinthians, Now if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of, of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. We even found to be misrepresenting God because we testified about God that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise, it is, if it is true that the dead are not raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is future and you're still in your sins, then those who also fall asleep in Christ have perished. If in this life only we have hoped in Christ, we are of all people most to be pitified. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. I feel like doing that even more. And hallelujah. <laughs>
the first fruit of those who have been fallen asleep. For as by man, as by a man came death, by a man does come also the resurrection of the dead. For as, as in Adam all die, also in Christ shall all be made alive. I don't, I mean, it's a bit of a, it's not really a preach, it's a lecture, isn't it? But uh, I felt it was important. I, I know some of you heard this a long time ago, but I suspect you most have forgotten it. And um, it's something I feel very strongly about, that we, we don't celebrate Easter as it should be celebrated. But we do celebrate, we, do, we remember Christ's actual fact through the bread and wine every time we have communion. 